What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Miami Nice. You are listening to part two of our episode with Courtney Howard, uh, one of our favorite freelance film critics and Twitter firebrands. She has a lot of fun, spicy opinions and is a longtime friend and supporter of One He Minute Production. So it was fun to finally get her on the podcast. It was fun. And this episode, like in the first part of the episode, Courtney in her, her typical fashion, like turns it back on us, you know? So like if you guys listen to the first episode, she like totally flips the flips the script, wants to know more about it. Um, our experience of it, Michael Mann's evolution, what we've learned on the project. So it was kind of fun to take stock. And then the second half, in true Miami nice fashion, we've got Katie tackling people. We've got it's it's un, it, we've we've invented some new social media uh, possibilities and inventory revenue streams for us. So this is just another wild one. So I, we hope you really enjoy it. And uh, and <laughs> Katie chaos. Walsh, Katie Walsh <laughs> never misses, folks. She never misses. <laughs> Enjoy. Who you know fresher than ho? Riddle me that. The rest of y'all know where I'm lurking. Yeah. Can none of y'all mirror me back? Yeah, hear me rap. It's like hand G rapping is prime. I'm young HO. Rap's great for dead. Back to take over the globe. Now break bread. I'm in. I don't think it's ever been really explicitly talked about, or he's very explicitly said what happened it just was time and so i guess what we've learned from the show and talking to the different people who've actually been part of it and especially talking to some of the journos who covered it um you know our kim masters episode was so fun i just think that like it's so important for the context like collateral was some gigantic success and i think that that's the that's why we've started to be drawn into collateral conversations and collateral confessions digressions on this show is because that's what we just keep seeing the connective tissue. And when we started to speak to people like Elliot Koretz, the sound designer and stuff, it was like all these logical steps happened where it was like robbery, homicide, you know, collateral robbery, homicide division. And then like, once these big things kicked off, it was like, well, yeah, now it's time. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to movies. I'm going to go back to this thing. And it just felt like all these things that maybe didn't go as planned, like robbery, homicide division probably could have kept going for years. It was just like, no, there were some nuggets and morsels of stuff that happened in that show that then were unrealized. And it was like, well, now I can feed some of that desire to make a contemporary, you know, cop and undercover cop drama um, and, and, and apply it there. So there's like the whole confluence of events. I don't think it, you know, 
I don't think he's been asked, but if he was willing to talk about it, because this movie kind of like, I think that was a challenge is like, it was, a, it, it was his kind of, it was as apocalypse now as he, any part of his film career has been where things almost were cataclysmic. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 re- you know, other than the keep, but that was such an unfortunate one because <laughs> their visual effects designer passed away and then the studio took it over, but he didn't have the cultural clout and capital that he did later in his career. So always I also think it's interesting when you think about it, like how many films he's had in development or, or projects that he's wanted to do. And, and I think every auteur filmmaker like is very thoughtful about the stuff that they're developing. But I also think that as soon as someone hands them a check and says, what are you going to do with this? And you're like, Oh, uh, I got this, uh, Miami Vice idea <laughs> or, you know, uh, and Jamie Foxx wants to do it. Um, that sometimes it's, you know, we're all beholden to the industry of it all. So um, I'm and sure you, that it was, yeah. And if you believe Jamie Foxx, he's the inciting incident. Because like what we've learned is like this happened and robbery, homicide and collateral success and this. And Jamie Foxx is like, I told Michael Mann we should do Miami Vice. Like I said, like, we, why aren't we doing Vice next? You know, I told him that. <laughs> and so it's like, if you want to believe it, Let's just believe, you know, let's just believe the hype of Jamie Foxx at the time and the and his clout at the time of like, I put my name, yeah. I just won Best Actor, I put my name on the movie and it's happening. I always like a little bit of a tangent, but still talking in line with the cast. I always forget how stacked the supporting cast of this movie is. Like John Ortiz just comes out and he's just guns blazing and just kills it. And like just and John Hawks is in this in a very small like you know introductory role and like so many people are in this like Justin Thoreau with no lines yes, <laughs> and Dominic yeah, we, Lombardozzi. Dominic Lombardozzi yeah our, our uh we fit, tried to get him on the podcast extremely so evasive evasive <laughs> um <laughs> god no I, my my goal is John Ortiz mm-hmm. yeah I think we can do it, but that's my goal. Katie, we just have to keep trying. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for the special episode where Katie finds out Colin Farrell's jogging route in LA and records it <laughs> on her iPhone jogging next to Colin Farrell. Yes. Just a, like an out of breath interview. I need Miami to just, nice. I wish I lived in Los Feliz still because I, he lives over there and is like haunting the coffee shops of Los Feliz and going in, on hikes in, and in stuff. delightfully high shorts. In the Always shortest shorts ever seen on a man. And <laughs> I, I just, I just need to get out. I was in a coffee shop with him one time years ago and I was like, oh, there's Colin Farrell. Um, but it was prior to this podcast, so I didn't ask him to be on. <laughs> you would have tackled now you would tackle it. Oh <laughs> yeah. No, now I would probably I would I would be be that person. But yeah. yeah At the time I was like, I'm cool. I gotta be cool. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't know how they're gonna react. Like, cause I think he said like that he doesn't really care for it or he doesn't really like it. Colin Farrell, like he doesn't people really approach remember him. it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, you mean Miami Vice the movie or yeah, when I tackle him in a coffee yeah. shop? <laughs> Sorry, that. Katie's still tackling Colin Farrell in her head and will be for the rest of the episode. So she, she's her brain's on voicemail right now. <laughs> I'm convinced that will be your meat cute, but maybe it's not so cute. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> meat rough. And you know what? Meat rough. Uh, 
Um, uh, yeah, no, he, it, it will be, it, I, I'm so curious. I want someone to ask him about it because he was in really rough shape. Uh, claims he does not remember shooting the movie and went to rehab right afterwards. So definitely was like a dark moment in his life. But um, I wonder if he's able at all to, I don't know, he might, it might be kind of healing for him to be like, all of these people love this movie. Right. See, it's like, it changes over time. Like, you know, we've seen with other like box office failures, like it becomes some sort of, like it can later turn into a groundswell of like people like loving it. Like things have been critically maligned before have like later in life become cult. Like that's the definition of a cult classic. Mm -hmm. So like everybody's relationship changes over time. And I'm very curious, like, from the time that he had said he knows that people like he doesn't really care for it or whatever to like i don't know when he said that but i assume it's some like way back in the past before like there has been this groundswell of people like coming out like really loving this movie yeah and you know it's interesting because i have seen a few like cult classics recently um just at rep screenings where um creators have showed up and and i think they're sort of i mean obviously you know it's like a writer or cinematographer or something and they're always kind of like whoa why are why are all these people here and you guys like this movie and why you want me to introduce it and what like i like this was like the stain on my career and and they're kind of they come around to it and kind of go oh Cool, you know, and I i mean, I don't know if someone as high profile Colin Farrell would necessarily embrace it in that way, but he seems like a really nice, humble guy and, uh, you know, someone who would be open to it. But um, I think there is something kind of nice and healing for people to see their work be celebrated by a whole new audience. My dream is that he like somehow walks by the Los Feliz 3 on the night of our screening <laughs> oh and God. is like, what? is going on here except i don't know if they're gonna have posters up or what but anyway but that's just like i want him to just stumble on it and be like i'm so shocked but I, i'm just manifesting at this point in time it's it's funny because so many actors you hear of and i know the three of us have interviewed our fair share of folk is you find out that like certain folk are like i can't really watch my stuff or periods of their career they're like i just was younger and i wasn't i i I'm, I, I can't sit in an audience and watch my stuff i've got to get out of there and i just wonder if because it was in that part of his time as you said katie like whether the hurt is still there that he was off the rails and it makes it even infinitely harder for him to be able to manage watching it but i also then think it's like you know that crazy shia labeouf video where or movie where he like watches all of his yes. own movies i feel like colin farrell at that time it's like it would be such a treat to like put a camera on him like a like a night camera so he it's not distracting him while he's watching and just to have him watch it because it's like if he genuinely doesn't remember it and he probably hasn't gone it's not like us he's not going back and revisiting it it would be amazing to see because it's like for all of us we're like man even you at your drunkest you're like the best actor going around in the early 2000s in that generation and you're still unbelievable like you're still the guy you're still got so such an immense talent um and at that time, he was just peerless. And that was, you know, that was one of the reasons why the entire movie was fraught from the get-go is because Jamie Foxx puts his name on it. Michael Mann puts his name on it. The brand of Miami Vice comes on. And then the hurricane of literal hurricanes that uh, came onto the film, but the hurricane of Colin Farrell came and took the movie 
over because he was the coolest man on the planet at the time. You know, he was a rock star movie star and 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 he was in the throes. It was like, you know, at that time we were still kind of getting to social media, like, but it hadn't become omnipresent yet. So it was almost like a you hear about the stories of like hotels in the middle of the United States in the like 80s and 70s of like where there's like Bowie and the Stones and all these big huge rock groups and the chaos. And it's almost like the a couple of those montages from almost famous. Um that's what it feels like this movie was at that time. And then like then social media was here and it was all over. Mm-hmm. It was a period before iPhones yeah. <laughs> could record <laughs> celebrities' every moves in uh, in, in Miami nightclubs. <laughs> what an iPhone! What 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 a couple of reels would have seen back then, you know? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I mean, they had the tabloid. I mean, he was dealing with the tabloid culture of like. Yeah, that was really bad. Like that was really that was really all at the height. And I'm always very curious, like. I mean, I do, I I love talking to filmmakers and talent about like, if they sort of allow themselves to have, excuse me, the audience experience of watching films where they can sort of disassociate from maybe all of the problems of the day, just sort of watch it sort of with fresh, with clean eyes, or if they can't, and some of them can, and some of them can't. And I'm just, it's always curious to me of somebody who actually like creates this performance, if he would be thinking of all the terrible shit that happened to him on that day or if he can like now with some you know a buffer of time like see oh this is actually pretty good i see what i was doing here or maybe it's just not meant to be we'll be right back after this quick break Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. There's some, uh, there's two things I want to talk to you about, Courtney. One of them is to your point right now is there's that great story about Stanley Kubrick filming Eyes Wide Shut, right? And he's filming Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman and he's with them. It's It's the longest production ever. It's like a two year, something like 500, 600 day production. (laughs) <laughs> it deferred things like Mission Impossible 2 and other things because it just kept going and they were so committed to working with him. And scrutinizing and interrogating two people's real marriage is what we can, when we go back to it now in 2023, you look back and you're like, this is so fascinating. Like it was incredibly fascinating at the time, but people thought it was like, you know, bloated and people thought it was abstract and they weren't into it. But it's like, I think, again, that's a movie because it's Kubrick, people go back and keep watching it and try and find something in it. And so you watch it and you're like, God, isn't this just such a guy who's like psychoanalyzing a real life crumbling marriage and two huge egos that are working in sometimes chorus, but often competition with one another. So it's an incredible like dynamic. And I feel like almost 
when you were just talking about that, it's like Michael Mann could never have anticipated other than knowing that he was a good actor that there's all this other stuff and maybe there's so much of that extra that we can read into the performances or the depths and the bowels of the pain that he's feeling. That's just all there. And so like sometimes putting the camera on him, not only is he the coolest guy in the world, but there's so much inner turmoil that's real and tactile and you can feel it that it's like, oh my God, like it becomes the most fascinating thing of all time. And we get to then go, all right, we know the historical context of him and we know this and you keep going back and you can continue to marvel at it. Um, but there was one thing you said earlier, um, when you're Michael Mann and you're making, and Katie and I have kind of come to it, like without saying it's a dirty word, but like man makes guy melodramas. Like they have action, but love and relationships and human emotion and human drama is ultimately the, the peak of what he's doing. And then he'll make, he'll couch it in a biopic or couch it in a really phenomenal, like, you know, one night only genre engine or you'll catch it in this you know tv remake but they're all big melodramas and so i think also there's that whole thing of like um when you pair all those things together you it gets to this level it gets this like frequency of perfection that like is almost accidental or like you can't you can't write it down you can't go go and get me an actor that's going to look as much in pain and as hot as Colin Farrell. Like you can't make that happen. Right. You know, you can't make it <laughs> yeah. up. You can get a hot guy, get a great actor, you can get someone who's going through it, but you can't capture, you can't bottle the lightning. And he just, that's what this movie is to me. He's just bottling lightning in so many ways. He needs Colin Farrell's expressive eyebrows mm. and his sad puppy mm. dog eyes. <laughs> Aspirational <laughs> eyebrow work from Farrell. <laughs> yeah. But I also think, you know, it's like they're they're male melodramas, but they're like masculine melodramas, but they're like masculinity melodramas because I think he's dealing with like the idea of men and masculinity and and whether or not it's okay to have feelings and, you know, how you subsume some of that into your work um, rather than, you know, go to therapy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Men would rather do a heist than go to therapy. Men would rather go undercover. <laughs> Men would rather seduce so a drug forget. kingpin. Men would rather seduce a drug kingpin's woman than go to therapy. Yes. Yeah. 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 These are all shots fired and they're all headshots over over <laughs> over the Pacific Ocean to me right now. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, I hear you. And my co-host is chuckling. Absolute headshots. Men would rather do a podcast about a movie. <laughs> Get therapy. <laughs> I hear ya. <laughs> I hear ya. Somewhere Maria Lewis is howling in laughter and she doesn't know why. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> good self-reflection. That's why you do this podcast. <laughs> good self-reflection. <laughs> We've gotten to a really good place. <laughs> and that's all the time we have. Uh, see you next week. <laughs> see you at the next therapy session. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, Courtney, do you have any movies that you think would pair perfectly with Miami Vice 2006? Mm. Well, movies, I sort of think like you could pregame this with an episode of the TV show. Mm. And my favorite episode of the TV show is Smuggler's Blues from season one, which starred 
has the theme song Smuggler's Blues by Glenn Fry, who's also in the episode. That's mm. directed by Paul Michael Glazer, who's Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. And he did lots and lots of, he directed lots and lots of television. Um, but I think that's a good pregame to this. And it touches on sort of a lot of the themes mm -hmm. and sort of narrative of the movie. Um, and Richard Jenkins has a small role in the episode too. Oh, fun. Dark that's great. Hair with dark hair <laughs> interesting yes i was like oh that's that's young richard jenkins <laughs> i always feel bad for those guys who you couldn't essentially grow up with baldness because like as soon as they have hair you're like is that a wig like they always just look so bizarre you're like is that a wig richard jenkins like come on come mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. but um, if i had to choose a movie i would say you could pair it with any of michael mann's movies like collateral is always a good time heat is always a good time like i mean you could watch all three of those just on loop like that would be a <laughs> true <laughs> um, um there's another yeah. one katie that i've just thought of because of um courtney's suggestion about paul michael glazer who is starsky directing the Miami Vice TV show, which if you listen to the last couple of episodes we've talked about quite a bit, has one of the most amazing collection of directors. So lots of people who went on to make films and stuff like that. So if you just want to go and look at the list, you know, Ferrara, it's just like the, on the list, there's huge people. But one of the huge directors, um, one of the big directors is also a great actor. And, and someone I've spoken to in the past is Bill Duke who has an immense oh, level of right. respect for Michael Mann. And I think deep cover his incredible movie with Lawrence Fishburne is it's like Miami Vice plus deep cover. Oh, that's you know, almost equals, you know, like Miami Vice TV show plus deep cover almost equals some of the same feelings and emotions and stuff like that. And it's obviously got a, like a different dramatic device, but it's so impressionistic and wonderful and i think about i've just been thinking recently about all the going back and looking at all the guest stars and then i went down the rabbit hole of who were all the directors and all the films they made so like um just to keep peppering in and sprinkling in new recommendations about great movies made by people who actually were part of the show i'm like bill duke absolutely bill duke um phenomenal actor the cover is completely underrated thank Reiki, uh for the incredible uh, Criterion Collection version of Deep Cover. So if you haven't seen it, Deep Cover, great movie, and then throw on Miami Vice afterwards for me. I feel like a lot of people are are rewatching Deep Cover these days. I'm yeah. seeing it in the zeitgeist. It's great. I, I have to. You have to thank Criterion for that because they when yeah. they got the licensing okay. for it, they <clears throat> when they got the licensing for it, they I think chucked it up for a, a couple of runs on the on their channel. So okay. lots of people went back and were like, "Oh, this is the shit!" Like, excellent. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, really that's a good. great. That's a great choice. Yeah. Um, my latest pairing, which I sent to you on Instagram, is um the Beach Bum. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Uh, it might be Sonny's future. That might be Sonny Crockett. It, it very. He could be undercover. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, when I was doing, like, just doing a little cursory, just reminder sort of research on this, Harmony Corrin sort of credited this movie with Spring Breakers. So I think that would be an interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love, I'm a huge Spring Breakers stan, and we're 
dying to have Harmony on the podcast. <laughs> if anyone knows Harmony Corinne, get at us. Yeah. Mail at one hit minute at Katie Walsh STX <laughs> at one Blake minute. Yeah. Make this happen. It will be a meeting of minds. Yeah. No, he, he uh, yeah, he Katie apparently is obsessed with this. Oh, yeah. go ahead. He wants Katie to tackle him. Yes. <laughs> yes. All of our yeah, guests are required free. by Katie tackling people <laughs> for yeah. free. For free. For free. I'll do it for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she will be charging twenty dollars twenty dollars a tackle at the Miami Vice screening, or yeah, she may have more yeah. judged. Fifty dollars. Fifty. Yeah. God. Yeah. Fifty dollars. I will tackle you. Yeah. <laughs> I may have to edit this out. I know. Because and I'm like shit. Have you I seen have, so, have you seen how much money people make on foot picks? You're going to be getting like. <laughs> I'm going to be like bruised, only tackling, and sweaty, Katie, and Katie like Walsh and only tackles, <laughs> only tackles. <laughs> I'm very strong. Everyone has to watch out. <laughs> I'm very strong. <laughs> oh my god. See, this is what happens, Courtney. This is what happens on this show. <laughs> We've successfully it. gotten to we've got, a we've brought silly you down place. Our, you know, yeah. Heath Ledger. Heath, Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight is like, I, I want to take you and bring, bring him down to our level. You know, that's exactly <laughs> what we bring him down to our level. That's that's, that's our we're mission doing. here on OHM Pods. <laughs> One Minute Productions. Oh man. Great. Well, Courtney, thank you so much. It has been so long overdue. I hope you thoroughly enjoy going to see Miami Vice on the big screen. People you people will be hearing this after you've already seen it. I hope you really have a fun time and uh um and 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 see the Katie Walsh show and uh and really I hope you can stand there and collect the money for tackling and uh, yeah. it's it's just been an absolute pleasure. Um is there anything that you want to plug um uh of your, of your great self that uh you can do now on the end of the show before we wrap up? Uh, if you want to find my stuff, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lula Bell. Um, all my writing usually gets funneled there. Um, I write on Variety, I write on the AV Club uh, and FreshFiction.tv. So I've got all irons in the pot there. And I, as I did say in her introduction, Courtney is not afraid of a spicy take and she has great, these are my favorite people online. And this is, I think the universality of the people that come onto our show is like, whenever there's like a film critic, they're usually people who are very outspoken and are not afraid to stand against the tide. And that's one thing I can credit Courtney with so much is like, there might be like, there's often like an LA screening will happen. And if Katie hasn't responded yet, or I don't know if where Katie is, like I look, I'm looking through, like, it might be like gushing response. Okay. Yeah. Who's trying to get the next ticket to the big screening. And then, ah, oh, there's Courtney. Bang. There's the actual opinion. I'm like, oh, I can't wait till she writes this up. I can't wait. So yeah, look, you're, yeah. you're doing, you're doing great work. So thank you so much That's again. Great. I echo all of Blake's sentiments and thank you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy and a pleasure. I'm so happy to have been able to gush for a little while about this movie. <laughs> Take a trip to Miami. Yes. Be careful oh, out there. Katie Walsh tackling people in the street. <laughs> <laughs> we
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.